Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, I'm Dr. Doreen Downing, host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. As a psychologist, I've spent many years working with people around fear and overcoming fear and finding their true voice. And that's what this podcast is about. I invite people to unzip a little bit and give us some history about how or at a time in their life where they felt like they didn't have a voice. And usually by now they have it because they're on my show and they get to talk about what they currently get to do. And today I get to introduce you to one of my best friends, Dr. Palais, and I'm going to read a little bio about him because that's really important to get some background on how magnificent this human being is. Dr. Palais Raymond received his PhD in organization and management from Capella University with a specialization in leadership development. He is the author of several books, all focused on the intersection between human capital, technical marketing, and the power of narrative as a business construct. He has served in diverse entrepreneurial and executive roles, such as vice president of human resources at a healthcare facility, director of technical marketing at EDS, and vice president of product marketing. Oh, well, at Dale Carnegie of Texas, you know, you you bring that spirit today. But I just want to say I'm so happy to have you and welcome. Dr. Doreen, it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yes. One thing isn't in your bio is the podcast that I got to be on in your <laughs> on yours, and it was called Profitable Happiness. Yes. And I have to tell you, all those episodes, if people could go look up hashtag Profitable Happiness, there's not just learning, there's entertainment, the the way you interview guests, I think was, mm. uh, or the way I was interviewed, it was a lot of fun. And I felt like my truth came out. So, so here we are. Tables turn. Let's get to your truth. (laughs) Your truth. And so I always like to start with well, in your life, I know you weren't born in this country, but in your life, tell us a little bit about the early upbringings and what was challenging about having a voice. Mm. Wow. Well, first of all, let me just say that, Dr. Dreen, your topic is perhaps one of the most important topics that every single one of us has got to address. At some point, we have to ask ourselves, who are we? Uh, What are we here to do? What are we here to say and give to the world? My life has always been a little bit of confusion in this department. I'm one of those folks who uh, was blessed with a lot of abilities, but because of that, not really being clear on what my voice truly and actually was, what my possible impact could be on the world. And, you know, for anyone who thinks, hey, what are you complaining about? You, you're gifted with different talents. 
trust me, it can be very difficult to find yourself if you have too many choices. So going back to your question, I was born in a war-torn African village. Um, back in the 60s, I was uh, a young child during a civil war uh, in Nigeria. And um, I've, I've, I haven't, I've never really unpacked whether or not those origins are part of my confusion, but maybe we'll do it here today. Um, you know, during the war, my mother and I were refugees running around, afraid of dying at every step, uh, hungry. And if you can imagine worrying about bombs all over the place and thinking you're going to die, that's pretty much what it was like to be a young child in a war zone in Africa. But my mother did probably the strangest thing and the most powerful thing in my life uh, during that time. When she couldn't give me food and she couldn't protect me from all the mayhem, she simply would sing. She would sing songs and she would tell stories of those songs uh, using those songs. And she would take my name, Pele, and put it into the songs and sing them to me. And what that did was it played a little trick on my young mind. It diverted my attention from the fear of dying, from the fear of hunger, and from all those negative things, and simply made me happy. And that's when I learned my life's lesson about happiness, which is happiness is a form of diversion (laughs) from pain and fear. And when you get into a zone where you're happy, all of a sudden, confusion goes away, your voice shows up, everything starts to work. So for me, I think that early beginning was my introduction into a tool that would help me solve the problem of not having a voice or being confused about my voice. So that's my, my very beginning, is that my mom tricked me into being happy so that we, we could survive the war. <laughs> oh, that's very powerful. And I like the sense of your mother witnessing you and singing back to you in a way it's almost like voice your voice is given back to you by her singing into it and using your name the power of your name being fed back to you through this other realm not just words but uh, a song which I think goes to a different part of our brains Mm. In fact, if you look uh, behind me on the left here, for those of you who are watching this as a video, you'll see a guitar. Uh, You'll see what you don't see is all the other guitars on the wall here and the keyboards. And this is actually my music production room. And ever since that gift of music at, you know, very tender age, the only way that I have been able to fully express my truth is through music. Um, and and that has really been part of my confusion all my life, because where was music going to fit in the corporate world? <laughs> where was I going to be, you know, using that form of expression to help anyone at, at, in a nine to five job? So I've always been, you know, one foot here, one foot there, confused about what to do and how to help others. Um, but anyway. That's the past, right? You wanted me to unpack it. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I ha- I I happen to be a, an admirer of your music, and you used to, and I don't know if you still do. On Fridays, on LinkedIn, you'd put a song up, uh, and I know that that's part of your history is uh, producing music, and I 
I would direct people to your LinkedIn account to listen to some of the marvelous kind of music. And it does always contain happy. So there we go again. I think there's a theme, you know, that, you know, what I said earlier, happiness, the prod, the podcast that you did, then the story you told about your mom creating a, a joy, a sense of happiness inside of yourself, and then music. Now you're saying, well, it's another question. We could talk about that a little bit later here about, well, what does that mean in terms of business? But I think one of your messages to me along the line, just as a businesswoman, is to find my happy when I, <laughs> and this podcast is part of my happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. Go on. And I think that's what your message is, is wherever you are, business, you got to be, you got to be having happy show up. Mm. You know, sometimes we find flowers out of the mud. We grow beauty from difficulty. And, um, you know, you, you got to put the mud together and then get the seed and then the flowers show up. Right. And you, you could look back and go, wait a second, how do we get this beauty from this much pain? But that, to me, is the journey we all have to take. Um, you know, I can tell you literal horror stories of my corporate experience in my early days. It was not happiness. It was not happy at all. And I had no voice. And I had to break away from that mud, from that difficulty. And I had to go find somewhere that I could embrace something that made me happy. It was only when I was finally embracing the things that make, make me happy, if you will, that I was able to help make other people happy. It's, uh, that's sort of my journey has been the search for really happiness at work. Oh, that, that's such a message to people. Early on, though, you're talking about being in the mud with corporate environments where it feels like you were shut down, you don't have a voice. Well, what what compelled you to move out of that situation? Mm. Well, I remember a conversation with uh, uh, a manager of mine at the time. Uh, he came to me and said, and I hope, I hope I can say this on your show, but he came to me and he said one day, Pele, I, I didn't have my PhD at the time. He said, Pele, why is it that whenever you're in meetings, you have to speak up so loud? and be heard and make your points so well known because you think you know something, don't you realize that you're black? <laughs> and that's why I asked your permission to share that because, you know, I, I, I believe that what he said, uh, not to be politically correct or incorrect, is on the minds of some people. They look at black people like myself or women like you, and they ask, why are you being so loud? <laughs> so here I am, a, a natural person who wants to, you know, communicate and, and say something. And I've been shut down. I've been told to stop talking. So that was my motivation to leave that job. And it was actually after that job that I went to the um, to get my PhD. And, and I just left. I left the, the world of work. I was lucky that my, my wife was able to support me while I went back to school. But I just didn't want to see a job again where someone would tell me, do you realize you're Black? Oh, thank <laughs> so you. that was what shut me down and got me out of that for a while, you know, and, and I had to go rediscover my happiness from there. Oh, good. Good for you. What a, what a lot of courage to say no to that kind of uh, 
environment and to say, okay, uh, there's something else out there. I love that <laughs> idea of just dropping yourself out of that environment and going to pick up, of all things, um, education. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, a whole learning journey. And yeah. um, I know. I've said this several times, I know you, and I know that that's, that's what you'd love to do is help educate us also, mm. you know, so you have so much wisdom and so much to offer when it comes to even just like, even my own business, my psychology business, you, the way you started the show today, you know, about, Hey folks, you need to find your voice <laughs> and you need to <laughs> figure out who you are. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to your journey. You did your education mm-hmm. and what? Well, um, I'm going to give a plug to Toastmasters because, you know, you and I have discussed this. It, it has a place in, in, in us getting out there. And, and later on, of course, Dale Carnegie, but going back to when I left the corporate world and again, you know, I, I I am with humility saying that because not everyone has a chance to walk away from a difficult job the way I did. Um, I, if it weren't for my my family's support, I wouldn't have done done that or been able to. But it was so healthy for me, or it was important for me at an emotional and I think psychological level to get out of that environment. And and then during my getting my PhD, that took three or four years. I went back into Toastmasters, because I felt that I needed to learn how to to communicate better. Now, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how I connect that to someone telling me, "Hey, stop talking too much," <laughs> to go to Toastmasters to go learn how to talk. <laughs> but that's what I did. I I went to Toastmasters. I spent a few years there, actually competing. You know, Toastmasters is about using, you know. Uh, peer environments and competition to get better. So I really enjoyed that. And it began to occur to me that music and speaking are really just, it's the same thing. I mean, you're just trying to find a way to say something that gives value to an audience. And so along the way, I decided to connect my Toastmasters to my music. And so people would be shocked. I would show up at a presentation with my guitar. (laughs) So I've been always trying to find ways of bringing all these things that make me happy into one place so that they can energize me. So here I was doing Toastmasters with a guitar and it really, it really helped. It was wonderful. I I then went and um, after several other jobs, human resources, different things, I ended up at Dale Carnegie, which as you know, is all about training and speaking and things like that. So at Dale Carnegie, I think I learned some of the best lessons ever about speaking, especially remember your audience. It's not all about you. (laughs) So I really enjoyed learning from all those different sources. So that's basically been my journey to today is, is going through sort of the difficult breakup with corporate, getting some education, bringing my music back into the picture and um, back in corporate in a more holistic way. What a beautiful journey. And it uh, inspires people, I'm sure. I have watched some of those early Toastmaster videos yeah. that you shared. <laughs> you and that, right? <laughs> yeah, there he shows up with his his guitar. And, yep. <laughs> uh, right. And it, and it just shows that to me, again, watching you, even in that learning stage at Toastmasters, you were still um, in your heart expressing yourself 
with love. And that's what I feel when I watch you sing, when I watch you speak, when I watch you on podcast, when I'm in your podcast, I just feel the love uh, is I'm embraced by your love all the time. And so thank you that I get that the next step was then moving back into corporate with um, a, a strong sense of more, more of a purpose and greater, I don't know, capacity. I know my Toastmaster story, I was also award winner and uh, even started teaching at uh, Toastmaster conferences. And But there was still a part of me because I'm a little more, I don't know, shy. There was just a part of me that felt like I didn't reach quite where my truth is. And so mm. I, I had to take, that's why I took that inner journey and went deeper inside of myself. But I, I love having to know, I love learning how to be out there in a way that uh, was effective. And then all I needed to do is find more of myself. And there you go. Yep, <laughs> Both. So t- t- tell us about uh, moving in back into the business world. Well, not without my guitar, right? Because what happened was outside of the business or the corporate world, I was actually in business creating my own uh, uh, entrepreneurial journey. So I, I was a uh, founder, I'm still the founder of a product called Velocity Jam. And I had created different software products, some of them still in use today. But through that process, I discovered I've got to find who I am and come in truth and vulnerability. And so one way or the other, I'm going to bring a guitar into this corporate experience or else I'm not going to do it. And so I wrote a book, actually, I don't know if people can see this, but this is the book. You can see that in the front cover, it's me with a guitar. (laughs) Uh The book is called The Seven Songs of a Successful Team. And I wrote this book because I really, really went inside of myself as you did, Dr. Doreen, and said, if I'm going to be authentic to the world, if I'm going to have a voice, if I'm going to speak to anyone, it's got to be with the, the, the one way I speak that is real for me. Everyone's different. But for me, it has to involve music because that's, that's what I've very, from childhood, understood as truth. So I put together a way of building teams using music as a metaphor. And it was my first entry back into corporate with this offer. So the reason why I think I've finally found my voice, back to your initial question, is that I'm speaking with every aspect of my voice. I'm not hiding my music. I'm not afraid to speak because someone says, hey, you're different. <laughs> I'm fully allowed to be here, you know? And I think that's when we find our voice is we go inside, we bring who we truly are and the world is able to let us do that. Then I think we've arrived at our voice. Oh, you've just spoken to what it's like to find an environment that welcomes you. and. Yeah. Uh, applauds you and uh, not only uh, welcomes and applauds, but say, go for it, man. (laughs) (laughs) More of you. You you are a blessing. Well, that's interesting. I just really felt like what you just said around doing the Toastmaster route and Dale Carnegie. Yes, I did lots and lots and lots of trainings about public speaking, but the heart of me hadn't really come through the speaking yet. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that that's a, you know, this idea of the journey that it sounds like both of us took is that we got some skills, 
<laughs> you know, we know how to do a beginning, middle, end, and we know yeah, how to yeah. do vocal variety, <laughs> and we know how to make, you know, we know how to communicate in an effective way. Table we, topics. We know that too. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that's kind of what this is. Yeah, you know? yeah. Back and forth. There's no real structure or plan here. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. And you, I, spontaneous speaking. Yeah, I could throw you anything and you would just take a breath and then it it would be like what you talk about with music, what they call it, a riff or a jam. Is that right? A jam. Exactly. A jam. (laughs) Just a just an impromptu jam. (laughs) That's what I feel like we're doing anyway. So the idea of both of us having gotten skill skillful and then did a, a deeper dive into the truth of who we are and then marrying the two or or melding the two so that what comes out is the truth of who we are in an effective way that you you go to environments and they go oh i i want you (laughs) good well we're nearing somewhat the end i hate to leave what else do you have to say about voice and finding one's voice well you know i i almost wonder if you help people with an assessment of where they are today and what you've discovered as you do that. Because, you know, I, I wish someone had done that for me. I wish someone had said, you know, let's sit down and let's not just talk about whether you can speak or play the guitar. Let's talk about your childhood, the way you did with me here. Let's go b- way back to what started all of this. Why don't you feel you have a voice? Maybe maybe give us some of that thought process uh, um, you know, Dr. Doreen, because I know that's really the heart of what you do, which I never got. <laughs> I oh, never yeah. received that. Yeah. Yeah. It's my skill. It's, yeah. it's my whole, what I, yeah. Well, actually this, this is going to come out way after I do my three month coaching program, group coaching program that I'm about to do. Uh-huh. And, but the individual is still there for people. And the first several weeks is that assessment. And I listen first. This is how I do it. I listen first to what people say about their current experience speaking so that uh, I'll just give you an example. One woman said, I feel like the audience is going to pounce on me. Ooh. Right. And don't you start getting curious about what pounce means? And maybe (laughs) somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody's pounced on her or something. Yeah. You know, so that I wait, you know, my whole tuner tuning system is going into that kind of curiosity, but I don't push. I just have to have her talk deeper about what went on in her life. And pretty soon she's remembering she actually grew up in a ghetto. And she had to go by some dangerous territory to get to school every single day. And there was this, you know, what kind of vicious dogs are can be roped up. Um, yeah. She had to pass one. And one day the dog got loose, chased her and pounced on her. Mm. And when she said, oh, you know, I even have a little chills now remembering that moment when she went, oh my gosh, you know, it's kind of like you and your happy moment for her. Mm-hmm. It was the trauma of having been attacked by a mm-hmm. dog at a very, like, you know, it's six years old or something like yeah. that, that lodged in a certain part of her brain and really wasn't a memory. I mean, you know, people think way back when that doesn't matter, but it yeah. does. And so you're right. Assessment is my first, uh, my tool that I use first to help people discover deeper roots of anxiety. Thank you. Yeah, no, And it's so important. I think, as you said, 
to go back and find out where where the rain began to fall, right? So that we can fully understand how to get our bodies dried and and get back into the world. Um, I I um I feel that today, you know, I've had one, I still have a struggle that I'm working on and regarding voice and things, and that is the connection of what one does that is from source, from real happiness, the connection of that thing with financial outcomes. I, I haven't figured that one out. I have to tell you that the more I tried to earn financial outcomes directly from the thing that made me happy, <laughs> the, the more unhappiness I discovered. And so for me, I came up with a way around it and I call it profitable happiness, which is to go find profit somewhere else. <laughs> Stop trying to connect your voice directly to, to, to financial outcomes. Find your profit someone else, somewhere else, but bring the thing that makes you happy into that process of profit without requiring it to, to make you money. I think that's a topic that it's an ongoing discovery for me right now is the idea of, you know, I love what I do, but I'm not waiting for the music, for example, to make me, you know, any money. I'm just using it because I love it and I can't help but do it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. And it, you know, feels like we could go on and on and have a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I love what yeah. you just opened up about uh that whole idea of uh, follow your bliss and the money will follow. It's just a whole huge topic. Yeah. But I want to go back to something that you said about the assessment. Um, and that's about what we do. What I do is find where the wounds are, the traumas are, or the early. But guess what? Our essence was there when we were born. Mm. Your, your, Dr. Pillay, your bright spirit was there. And that's what I help people go back to is even underneath all of the trauma or the challenges to the core of who they are and what their gift is when they were, well, I don't know how far back you want to go before (laughs) in the stars, but, uh, you know, but you know, but you know, what's interesting about what you've just said that answers my question right now, because back when I started or we started, there was no financial outcome as part of that equation. Yeah. It was just truth. <laughs> Here we <laughs> so maybe go. Maybe that's what we need. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I this is such a joy to be speaking to you. We're at the end, and I just uh, hope people can uh, find you. Where did they do that? Uh, best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I think my handle is LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash D-R-P-E-L-E. I probably, if they just Google Dr. Pillay, yeah, yeah, find yeah. lots about you, your yeah, books, yeah, yeah. your Velocity Jam, your work, uh, just your history, maybe even some videos, music. Okay, Dr. Pillay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing to share some time with you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and will return next time. Until then, goodbye for now. <laughs>